Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back. It's a Thursday. Yeah, the, get the day straight here. We get our buddy Josh Applebaum, VSIN betting analyst, VSIN host, market insights, and morning bets. The two podcasts over at VSIN.com at Josh underscore insights as we welcome you back. Of course, I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We say hi to Josh. Josh, just quickly before, and hi, happy holidays. Before we get to, uh, Thursday night football with the Browns hosting the Jets. We'll quickly update the second half number. Josh, I'm showing Rutgers laying a half a point and 21 on the total. Is that where you're at? Exactly right, Patrick. Patrick and Wall Dustin, great to be with you. Happy holidays. You're totally right, Patrick. Second half line here, minus a half point for Rutgers, total of 21. And I think this is, you know, a microcosm of really kind of the way to attack some of these games when you look at the pre-flop numbers. Just looking at these huge dog to fave line moves. That's the importance of looking at late movement, not getting locked into these bowl games too early, because if you saw some of these numbers here, I mean, I think, what was it? Rutgers closing minus two and a half. At one point they were getting a few points here. So you saw that dog to fave line movement. You saw it again last night with Texas A&M and Oklahoma state. Remember that was an early number of A&M minus four. It ended up flipping completely closing at Oklahoma state minus four. So leaning toward that late movement, you know, trying to get on the right side of the opt-outs and the transfers and the coaching changes. Uh, and right now um, I didn't play it, but definitely rooting for anyone Rutgers. To me, that was kind of the late chart movement in favor of uh, the Scarlet Knights. Amal, Dustin, anything second half wise? I, I would look at Miami here plus a half. I thought Miami would be a favorite. You've got a chance Rutgers ends up winning this game by four points or if it's less than that, obviously. But it didn't feel like after that opening drive, Rutgers was as dominant. Miami's kind of started to find themselves a little bit here. So I would look at the Hurricanes. You're getting better than the original number. You're getting plus four and a half at this point in time with the Hurricanes. It would, honestly, guys, I would not be surprised at all if we wind up with a 21-17 type of finish or something like that where we just basically wind up with a four-point result in favor of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, I am sitting on Miami plus two-and-a-half pregame. I am strongly considering just taking Rutgers minus 230 money line to negate that bet, and if somehow it falls on one or two, I win. Uh, I kind of want to get off of it because I just don't trust Miami here. 
Fair enough. Josh, we go and turn our attention to Thursday night football. So, again, five and a half on the opener. If you're laying it with the Browns, you're not going to get the best of it. I see DraftKings all the way up to seven and a half with Flacco and the Browns laying it. Here comes Simeon, a little offensive explosion against a commander's team that's quit by the Jets. So, probably with these two defenses, expect it to be tighter. And you see a total of 34. Yeah, Patrick, you set it up perfectly. So I think there's a couple different ways to attack this game. Let's just go from opener to current and what we're seeing late. Now, the early move was all toward the Cleveland Browns. You mentioned it, Patrick. Browns open as low as minus five and a half. We got steamed all the way to Browns minus seven and a half. Now, currently you're getting 63% of bets, nearly 70% of the money on the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns, the one advantage they would have would be Thursday night home favorites. Kind of the situational angle of a short week. It's hard to travel if you're the road team. If you're at home, it's a big advantage on a short week. Those Thursday night football home favorites are 91 and 75 against the spread, 55% since 2006. However, if you're laying the seven and a half now, you're getting the worst of it and you're with the public if you're playing Cleveland. So what I'm looking at now, Patrick, is is this an opportunity to jump on the Jets, believe it or not, plus seven and a half right now? One thing we're seeing is that a lot of these seven and a halves, they're not looking like they're going to go up to eight. They look like they might be trending down to seven. You look at a lot and we're showing the board right now as this line is steaming as we're speaking. Those seven and a halves are juiced up plus seven and a half, minus 115, minus 120 to the Jets. A lot of books are now falling down to seven. So on the thought process of, hey, if you like the Jets, you want to go contrarian. Okay, we'll pull down Josh just quickly there and get him reconnected. Josh Applebaum talking about the Jets. Browns, as we got you back, I see Josh. Josh We're going to reestablish. We're going to reestablish. Yeah, we'll make sure. We'll make sure. Hey, by the way, boys, as and we'll have Josh's play coming back. I just saw this. DraftKings Sportsbook just tweeted this out. Guess who the most heavily bet, or excuse me, the most bet NBA money line by handle is tonight? The Detroit Pistons. No, stop. DraftKings Sportsbook, official tweet. What are people doing? <laughs> they can't quit. They like, can't quit I them. still have a bad taste before we went on vacation last Thursday. The spot they were in where they became favorites. I don't, oh, I don't who they were playing. It. it was the lock of the year. Utah Jazz. The Jazz. Utah Jazz didn't play anybody. They were down like six guys, and they get, Detroit didn't have a shot. Or their top seven scores. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, I would just say this, and I, I, it's become an obsession, this little streak that they're on. I say free, free Cade Cunningham. We'll bring in Josh here. We were just having some fun with it. My Pistons and your Boston Celtics tonight, Josh. <laughs> the Celtics are laying 17 and a half. DraftKings just tweeted out, most bet money line. They expect the Pistons to, after breaking the record, 27 straight losses, to beat the Celtics because DraftKings just said everybody's betting the money line on the Pistons tonight. They can't quit them. Yeah, I think that's a little bit, you know, I don't know if I'm going to call it, uh, it's it's legit. So it definitely is the big majority of bets are on money line on Pistons. But to me, Patrick, it's all about the value of the number. I mean, look at that money line price. Just because the Celtics are minus 1600, there's really no value at all to go money line Celtics. So to me, it's just the fact that the Celtics price is so high, you really can't bet it. Therefore, are there $5 bets just going Pistons plus 900? You know, obviously there's value there based upon the number. Do you expect them to win the game? Probably not, but to me, that money line percentage, you got to remember in basketball, the vast majority of your bets are going to be on the spread, not the money line. So that to me is more of kind of just a pizza money flyer bet uh, plus 900 in terms of that spread percentage. I would say, though, uh, I believe Jalen Brown is out for this game here. Celtics do have some injuries. 
Again, doesn't make me want to bet the money line there on the Pistons. We did see the line tick down a little bit. At one point, this was minus 19, minus 18 Celtics. Now it's down to 17 and a half. So could you be intrigued by the spread and the points? I'd rather take the points than take a long shot winner despite that huge plus 900 payout. Yeah, I would agree with you there. The likelihood of this happening in Boston Probably not going to be that strong there. But then again, Detroit doesn't perform well when other good players are out like against the Utah Jazz. So uh, let's go to the college game tonight between Arizona and Oklahoma here, Josh. This number is favoring Arizona at two and a half. Wildcats are playing great football coming into the bowl. They've won six in a row. Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel transfers to Oregon. Which side do you like in this matchup? Yeah, I'm all. I like Arizona in this Valero Alamo Bowl. I think there's a couple reasons to like the Wildcats in this spot. Number one, I always start with the line movement, the percentages. Give me the meat and potatoes of the game overall from a betting perspective and what the odds makers are taking in. So we open a lot of these books, Arizona as low as minus two. Arizona throughout the, you know, the month here, they've gotten up as high as minus four. They bottomed out, and I think this has just been such crazy line movement back and forth. I think the odds makers have a tough time making adjustments based upon opt-outs and not knowing who's going to play or not. But at one point, it got back down to Arizona minus two. Now it's back up to Arizona minus two and a half. Some books are juiced up like it may go to three. So really seeing this liability movement throughout pretty much since this line opened toward Arizona. Uh, Arizona has a great bet split in this one. That's what I like a lot about the Wildcats. They're only getting 52% of bets, but 75% of the money. So basically the public split, they see two good teams, two ranked teams, short number here. Uh, you might as well, hey, just you know, cross your fingers and take the dog but 75% of the money is going with Arizona. So that's a really good low bets, higher dollar bet split. Also, if you look at you know the variables here that you got to consider during this bowl game season, opt-outs, transfers, coaching changes. If you look at Arizona, they're pretty much full strength, ready to go. Uh, really no opt-outs, no transfers, full coaching staff. You look at Oklahoma, a ton of issues here. Dylan Gabriel opted out, their star lefty quarterback. He's going to Oregon. Then you have a ton of uh, running back, uh, Walker, as well as a guard, a defensive back. You also have a cornerback, and then you also have your offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, who left Oklahoma, is going to coach Mississippi State. So to me, this is a bet not only from a data perspective, but an opt-out perspective. And then also, I'm looking at kind of just the, the program, what this means to Arizona today, guys, because Arizona, you go back a couple years, they were 1-11. Uh, Fish takes over. They improved to 5-7. and seven. Now they're 9-3. and three. They're on the rise. I think this game means a lot to Arizona to continue that momentum, build their program. And Jed Fish, who's taken over uh, in terms of recruiting and, and capping off a really good season with a win, that's meaningful to Arizona. You look at Oklahoma, they're not really used to being in a December 28th bowl game. They want to be in a college football playoff game. So with a lot of transfers, opt-outs, that's a bet against for me, against Oklahoma and for the Wildcats. Also, system match, guys, two ranked teams playing in a bowl game. Take the favorite. Very simple here. But since 2017, the favorite in that situation is 32 and 26 against the spread, 55%. And maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I bet on this team, and I think Amal, you may have too, throughout the year, they've done really well against good competition. They won their last six games, and they beat ranked opponents, Utah, UCLA, Oregon State, Washington State. I'm on a money line play here on uh, Arizona around minus 140. Yeah, Patrick, Josh brings up a great point. I don't know if there's a team outside of Washington and maybe Oregon because they were playing well in the Pac-12 that was playing better football down the stretch. Just what Jedfish was able to do after Jaden Delora goes down and get this team turned around, I mean, it's really been a remarkable job. Yeah, he's, it's been awesome. Uh, I'm totally with you guys. Hey, Josh, we kind of got cut. We just got a minute and a half here when you were given your Jets-Browns breakdown. So let's go out with that. And which side are you on there? 
Yeah, I was going to say, Patrick, the early move was all toward the Browns, minus 5.5 to 7.5, but now it's getting really juiced up on the Jets' side, plus 7.5, minus 120, looking like it's getting down to 7. So I'd uh, kind of lean on holding my nose and taking the Jets plus the points, or I think there's a great teaser play. If you're still at 7.5, you take the Cleveland Browns down to minus 1.5, and, and you also take the total and tease it up a little bit. This has been a really sharp under. It opened around 35. The public says that's way too low. You know, both teams scored 30-plus points their last game feeling like it's going to go way over and the total's too low this time. But nearly 70% of bets are on the over, yet it's fallen 35 down to 34. One big reason for that, windy under. It's going to be some uh, some weather here at the Dog Pound. Mid-30s, kind of cold, cloudy skies, as well as 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. When the wind blows 10 miles per hour or more, it's a system we've leaned on quite a bit. Patrick, you and I during our Lombardi line days, those windy unders are 65% since 2021. So if you can take the Browns down to one and a half, you can take that total up ideally to 40, uh, 40 and a half. That's one place to look. And then also guys, David Njoku. I'm big on Njoku tonight. Uh, over 49 and a half receiving yards this morning. Dustin, I know you're on it. It's up to 52 and a half. A lot of game. Let's go, Josh. He's been targeted a ton by Flacco. Go Njoku. Happy holidays, boys. Happy holidays to you. Great job, Josh. VSIN betting analyst, host, Market Insights, Morning Bets Pod over at vsin.com. When we come back, NC State, K State, bowl game next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, introductory offer just $9.99 right now. Become a VSIN pro. What do you get? Everything pro tools, pro picks at a glance, pro tips. 
all for $9.99 right now. Give it a try for a month. See if you like it. Become part of the team. Become a VEASAN pro. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here, Sharp Money. Greg McElroy is going to join us coming up in about 14 minutes. We'll talk, of course, about college football. The Alabama grad will have plenty to say with the final four coming up in just a little bit. Thank you to Josh Applebaum for joining as we got you back here on Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, of course, the boys there live downtown Las Vegas at the D, sitting in front of Bar Canada. Now, we are underway in the second half. Pinstripe Bowl in the Bronx. Rutgers, Miami, 14-10, just underway with Rutgers leading the way. Let's get to this matchup. And as I get you back here, let's talk about a game right now that has uh, Kansas State sitting three, boys. So NC State, Kansas State. And DraftKings opened two and a half. This number was sitting two and a half yesterday. And now we've been hit up to the key number of three with Kansas State laying them all 48 and a half on the total. One thing and a couple of things. One, NC State, who won five straight to close out the year. They've got one 10 win season in program history. So if you ask who cares, well, obviously the way NC State's been playing down the stretch, winning five straight to get to nine wins, and obviously kind of in the record books with just one other 10-win season would be huge for Dorn and huge for the program and their six-year senior at quarterback who was benched midway through the year and Brennan Armstrong is going to play. Conversely, Kansas State, who's eight and four, they won five of seven. Remember, they were in every game. They nearly beat Texas. Uh, Will Howard isn't going to play. Their two best pass catchers not going to play in this matchup. Avery Johnson, the freshman who everybody's going nuts about, and DJ Giddens. My assumption would be, and let's get to the handicap on this. My assumption would be, first off, you've got the 16th best run D on defense in NC State. I think with the misses, with the transfer portal and just guys sitting out for Kansas State, it makes them a little bit more one-dimensional. And that's why, Dustin, you and I were discussing this earlier, why we've heard a lot of sharp betters on NC State here with Giddens and Avery Johnson running the football for Kansas State against a very good Wolfpack run D. Uh, so that's where I would lean. However, you do have a co coaching Obviously, you have a coaching uh, advantage there, Kansas State over NC State. No disrespect to Doran, who's got his team playing well down the stretch of all. Yeah, absolutely right. You mentioned the NC State team. This is a team that's really kind of hung its hat on its defense. Brennan Armstrong coming in. I told Dustin this morning, I said, he is one look and go. I mean, you'd think his job is just to only run the football, but it'll be interesting. He will be able to keep plays alive with his legs. Uh, I do think the loss of Will Howard will have some impact. You mentioned it from an offensive standpoint. They lose Parker. He goes, or excuse me, uh, they lose Brooks, Philip Brooks to the, to the NFL draft and Ben Sinet, uh, who also goes into the NFL draft. An outstanding tight end. They've also lined him up at the H-back position. I really like DJ Giddens, though. I think he's an outstanding running back. He's a great receiver out of the backfield as well this year. Third leading receiver in terms of receptions for K-State. Guys, I didn't make a play on this game. I think it's a tough one to call. I think it really is going to come down to which quarterback is most effective. And I know you can say that in a million games, but it feels like to me, uh, Avery Johnson's a good young up and coming quarterback, but Brennan Armstrong, a little bit of an opportunity here in his final game to kind of show what he can do. It's just been inconsistent. That's, that's the problem when you look at it from an NC State offensive standpoint. 
It is right now three, 48 and a half on the total. NC State, look, this is, again, K-State, 11th best in the nation at scoring the ball, 37.7. Conversely, you've got NC State right around 100 at 26.7. And, again, they do rely, big guy, on that defense. And if you're looking for matchups, you know, NC State's run defense against a Kansas State team that obviously wants to run, fo run the football, they're going to go in feeling confident. Look, I'm on uh, the Wildcats. I went money line minus 130 last night. I just, I am a big Avery Johnson guy, and I'm not talking about the former San Antonio Spur. Right? He played for the Spurs, right? Avery Johnson, yeah. Former yes, Alabama head coach. Uh, totally different. Not related, by the way. I Googled it. Can confirm. Uh, Avery Johnson is more talented than Will Howard. Will Howard, you know, a veteran, had a better arm, obviously a better passer. Avery Johnson's an electric player. He makes things happen with the ball. He's super fast. He's extremely shifty. And while he's going to miss not having his top two targets through the air, I think the player that is most missed in this contest is on the NC State side of things, and that is linebacker Peyton Wilson. He's an NFL linebacker. He's going to be a productive player in the league for a while, and I think they're going to miss him immensely. And if you look at NC State's season, they didn't want Brennan Armstrong to be the quarterback. They want M.J. Morris to be the quarterback. M.J. Morris played three games, played well, won a few of them, looked around and went, I'm getting the hell out of here. I don't want to be on this team. I'm better than this team. So they went back to Brendan Armstrong. Guys had a long career of being a mediocre to below average quarterback. Just nothing special about his game. He can't stretch the field through the air. Likes to run the ball. And I don't think they have the weapons to consistently move it against Kansas State. And I know Kansas State has a ton of guys in the portal, but I think they'll be able to run the ball. They'll be able to make big plays with Giddens and Johnson in the backfield. And like you said, Chris Kleiman over Dave Doran every single day of the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's similar to what we're going to see in the second Final Four matchup with a coaching advantage up in Washington over your boy Sark at Texas. I, <laughs> I, I agree. So Kansas State lane three, 48 and a half. Let's jump over to it. I'm with you guys on Arizona. It's full. It's a team that's at full strength. The quarterback's rolling. Again, they won their final six games. Jed Fish has got a nine and three Arizona team. Uh, this is interesting with Oklahoma because they should have more talent, even with, you know, major the running back and three starters on the offensive front. Uh, they're good at wide receiver, Oklahoma coming into it. But of course, no Dylan Gabriel, but you do have the five star and Jackson Arnold. So you have a more talented, even with all the misses from Oklahoma, but it's just about an Arizona team that's playing with a ton of momentum, really well coached and completely motivated coming into this matchup tonight. Amal. Touchdown Miami, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, Hurricanes with the lead there. And, um, you know, you lose also Marcus Majors at the tailback position. They're kind of depleted here a little bit in the backfield. But you mentioned Jackson Arnold, the kid out of the Dallas area. He's going to get the start. Oklahoma's expecting a lot of, out of him. By the way, Patrick, thank God for us, General Booty is not starting for Oklahoma. Or Dustin <laughs> Dustin would have been teeing up on that yeah, one. He, he would struggle. <laughs> but uh, right now, the big thing is when I look at this Oklahoma team, it felt like when they lost Bedlam, I know, I know they finished out strong, but still, it just felt like they kind of saw their season slipping away from them. This is still Oklahoma. I know they had a down year last year, and they did a nice job bouncing back at 10-2, and two, but the goal is still to be in the college football playoff to potentially win a national championship. And somebody, one of you guys mentioned it earlier, what an opportunity for uh, Arizona. What a great season Jed Fish has had and a tremendous job he's done. I like the way this team has played, and that's really been the key. And more importantly, when they made the quarterback change, right, they go to the young kid, Noah Fafita. 
He's done a tremendous job this year. 23 touchdown passes, just five INTs in eight starts. So really done a great job. And I, guys, Jetfish doesn't get enough credit in my estimation because Arizona's not a college football playoff team. How good Washington and Oregon were in the league and Utah. But man, this is one of the best coaching jobs in all of college football. To me, he should be the national coach of the year. Arizona, 9-3. and three. Remember, guys, they were struggling a game and that they lost against Mississippi State early in the season. They, you know, got off to okay start. And then next thing you know, they just start rolling. Oregon State, UCLA, Utah. I mean, th this team has played good football. I like them in this spot. I, I think Oklahoma, don't sleep on them. But to me, I want to see what Jackson Arnold is. Noah Fafita is a proven commodity right now. Yeah, Fafita's balling and Jed Fish's ability to get the quarterback and continue to grow uh, has been huge for his prospects, as we assume eventually he'll move on from Arizona to a bigger job, although he's done a hell of a job. Fafita's balling, though. That is, there's no doubt about that. Two and a half on Arizona. As I take a look, the big guy, uh, he's got the points with Miami. You got a touchdown. Anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, with uh, with the Arizona uh, number one team ATS this year in college football, ten and two ATS. Wow. Uh, the, Amal and I were both on West Virginia yesterday, and I think there's a similar vibe that I can compare in this game. For Arizona, this is an exclamation point on a massive building season. This puts the bow on what it was a lot accomplished for them in Tucson. For Oklahoma, it's kind of disappointing to be playing Arizona in this one. They they had higher aspirations, as Josh alluded to, and I think a key piece for for fading Oklahoma, they're missing five offensive linemen. Now, not all of them are starters, obviously. A couple of them are starters. But that's going to make a big difference. Arizona is missing Jordan Morgan, their big left tackle, who's going to go to the NFL. But I like that they have a lot of guys who are going to play in this game. With Oklahoma, you have a lot of unknowns with the offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy going to Mississippi State. And you can't judge what they did offensively during the year when they don't have their play caller and they don't have their quarterback. So I like fading them here, backing Arizona. This is an exclamation point on the season for Jed Fish, and I agree with them all. It's probably the best turnaround we've seen in the last couple seasons. Patrick, I'll give you a quick prediction. I think Jed Fish will be the coach of the UCLA Bruins in 2025. There you go. Bigger and better things for the Arizona coach, but we all agree across the board. We like Arizona tonight. Not necessarily full strength, but almost there. When we come back, full season talk with Greg McElroy next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the betting splits. They're free money and bets for every game over at vcin.com slash splits. Updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and future events as well. The betting splits, an important part of your arsenal over at vcin.com slash splits. Okay, we're going to be joining them all. Shaw, Dustin, Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Greg McElroy, Alabama, great ESPN college football analyst. Of course, former Jets quarterback at Greg McElroy on Twitter. You can also hear his show, Mac and Q. 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on Jocks 94.5 in Birmingham. Of course, Greg McElroy going to be on the call of the Sugar Bowl, Washington, Texas. So we say hi to Greg and happy holidays. Thanks for joining. You know, right before you came on, and we'll get to the Final Four, right before you came on, we were talking about the Arizona-Oklahoma matchup tonight. And what a hell of a job Jed Fish has done. They won six straight to close it out. Nine wins there in Arizona for Fish that is a tremendous turnaround, Greg. Outrageous. I mean, and 
I remember watching them early in the year. They were playing against Mississippi State, and I was like, dang, these guys got some dudes. Like, you know, I mean, you know, you just kind of watch some teams. You're like, shoot, man, like, they're better than I thought. And they lost that game. But I remember thinking at the time, like, man, I'm going to kind of keep an eye on them. And just, you know, I'm thinking maybe they get the bowl eligible. And let's be real, maybe we throw a couple bones on them. Uh, you know, at that point, because, um, you know, you try to find those, those diamonds in the rough, like UNLV at Arizona this year that, that make you very wealthy. Um, so you try to find some of those teams in September and I kind of locked onto them early and I've been even more surprised, uh, with how they've played. I mean, the Washington state game was really the breakout game when they just completely locked down at that time, a ranked Washington state team, and they just got better and better and better. And, the quarterback play once they made the switch to Nova Fita was remarkable. So yeah, they're, they, they're going to do a really good job of defending Oklahoma. Like they do a really now Oklahoma's got a new OC and, and they're not going to be running the, some of the same stuff that they had before in the future, but they're going to stick with what they've done up to this point. But it's like a drop eight rush three type of unit where they don't give up big plays. So Oklahoma's got to be really patient running the football and, uh, their true freshman quarterback that's making his first career start. Everyone's excited to see how Jackson Arnold plays, but, uh, that'll be a tough task. I mean, they're really physical up front, really big up front, and, and they try to keep everything in front of them defensively. Greg, outside of the two playoff games, are there any other games that intrigue you from a matchup standpoint or one where you think, hey, I think this team's got a decided advantage against their opponent? Yeah, you know, there's – well, first of all, I always love it, love dogs uh, in the bowl games. Um, not really the playoff games because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a little different. Um I've always kind of just thought you just play a, a, a unit on every dog money line and you're probably going to be sitting in a pretty good spot. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, um, every single digit dog last Saturday won outright, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, I believe they were six and zero last week and the line flipped on James Madison air force. So depending on what time you got it though, I mean, at that point, uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, so you look at just how, how you kind of approach these games and you approach these matchups. I mean, there's a lot of matchups that fascinate me, just fascinate me, like in particular, Tennessee and Iowa. I mean, you could not find two teams that are more different. Um, they're literally polar opposites. I mean, Iowa averages 59 offensive snaps a game. That's among the lowest in college football. Tennessee snaps it every 21 seconds. Um, so I, I think that one's really fascinating. Uh, I think that the Wisconsin LSU also very, very different. I mean, every game that LSU played this year, I think there were nine out of 12 on the over. Uh, meanwhile, Wisconsin was nine out of 12 on the under. So just the style there and Wisconsin's eight and one in their last nine bowl games. So there's just a real big difference with how those two teams play. Um, so those two are probably a couple that jump out to me as just being stark contrast. And obviously if Tennessee can score at all, they have a real good chance of winning and, and frankly, if LSU can score at all, they have a real good chance of winning. But the one thing I would caution all your listeners on, don't overreact to the quarterback not playing. Um, for instance, last night, USC, heavy dog. They end up winning the game outright with Miller Boss, who makes his first college start. I mean, these guys have had 15 days, 15 practices to prepare as a starting quarterback. It's no different than basically starting a new quarterback at the beginning of the season. I mean, this is basically like week one of 2024. So don't overreact to a starting quarterback being out. It's just not that big a deal. I mean, there's another example too. 
when UTSA, the line dropped. I mean, they were huge, huge favorites, 12, 13-point favorites. That thing dropped all the way to like seven and a half. And if you stayed on UTSA, you were profitable. So I think the overreaction to quarterbacks being out is way, way too strong. Um, so I would fade that steam if, if you if you end up kind of looking into some of it. Love it. Great info. Greg McElroy, ESPN, Mac and Cube on Jocks 94.5 in Birmingham. Okay, let's get to it. You're going to be on the call. Sugar Bowl, of course, Washington, Texas. We'll start there. Primetime, McElroy's going to be all over it. So Texas Lane 4, a total of 63 and a half. If I just give you the side in total, does that feel right to you? Well, what's funny is we played guess the line when I was on the playoff show three, four weeks ago, however long it was. And I said, and I, I was way more confident in picking. I thought Texas would be about, you know, maybe six and a half. I wasn't sure. You know, the public loves Texas. The public thinks that Washington's not good because they've won so many one score games. Like, so, and I mean, it's all, I'll just look at the line going into the Pac-12 title game. I mean, it's absurd. Uh, I mean, for them to be a nine and a half point favorite against the team they beat in a dome, when they throw it all over the yard, I mean, that was, to me, free money. Uh, I think for a lot of folks that had watched Washington closely this year. Um, so, I, you know, I think the total – I knew the total was going to be right there around low 60s. Like, I thought 63 and a half felt right. Um, I actually, when I was on the air, I said 64. Uh, I might have even said 60, whatever it was. I said right around there. So, I knew – I felt good about where that thing would probably end up. Both teams probably going to get to 30s in that vicinity. Um, you know, both teams been challenged at times defensively with what they have in the back end. So that one made sense. The the side, though, is a lot harder to me. I, I think Washington's really good. And I'm not sure why the power ratings are what they are with the Huskies. But, man, they just find a way to get it done all the time. So I was really curious to see how they kind of pinpoint it. Um, but knowing just how good Texas has been, especially in the last couple games, it's, it's really not surprising to see them as a healthy favorite. Uh, but at the same time, man, I, mean, I think Washington matches up really well. I think these, I think both teams, it's going to come down to the wire, man. It's going to be a heck of a game. So I'm thrilled to be on the call for it and, and think it's going to be one that uh, I think it's actually going to be quite a bit more watchable than, than the game that's on before. I think the one before is going to be a grind. Just a, you know, just a just a grind fest with probably not a crazy amount of offensive fireworks. I think it's going to be a grinded out solid game where you're looking at a game where it's probably 21-17, you know, in that vicinity. And I think Texas and Washington could provide some fireworks. So if you're just a casual observer and you want to see points scored, uh, I think Texas and Washington probably be the game that's more appetizing to you. Greg, give us one thing that Michigan needs to do to win, and what's one thing Alabama needs to do to win the Rose Bowl? Well, both teams really can't turn it over. Um, that's, I think, the big thing, but neither one do. I mean, Bama's turned it over eight times this year. Um, Michigan's turned it over five times this year on offense. So, I mean, these teams don't turn it over a lot. They're really good. Um, Michigan, in particular, is like plus 17 in the turnover margin. So it's an absurd number there. They force a lot to play zone defense quite a bit. So the eyes are in the backfield. Their defensive backs are regressive. And they do a really good job of getting hands on the football. So uh, that's the first thing. But for Michigan in particular, I think they have to be. They absolutely have to be good on third down. Um, it's, it's very strange with Michigan when you look at their numbers. Michigan on third down and one to six, which they're in a lot, they average like third and 6.1. 
that's one of the best in the country because they don't have a lot of negative plays. They don't have a lot of penalties. They don't get behind the sticks. They don't hurt themselves. So they're in third and six or so quite a bit. The problem is they're one of the worst teams in the country on third downs and one to three and third downs from four to six. Third down four to six in particular, which is very manageable down a distance. They only convert like 41% of the time. They're 120th. And that's to me is wild. Meanwhile, on third and seven plus, there's a number one converting offense in the country. Which <laughs> is like, should they be worse on first and second down intentionally so that they can get into a more comfortable third and down a distance? It's mind blowing. So they got to be good on third down. Uh, Bama does not have as much depth as they have in the past. They don't play as many guys as they have in the past. So if Michigan can have long, time consuming drives, then I think fatigue could be a bit of a factor. Um, so I think third down is very, very important for Michigan. And then for Alabama, I think they have to create big plays. Uh, they've been a big play offense all season long. Jalen Milrow has been really good on downfield throws. Uh, he's 33 of 62 on throws that travel 20 or more yards downfield. There were times, I think, when the offense was almost exclusively dependent on throwing the ball down the field. Uh, that's probably the first eight games of the year. For the last five, they've been more efficient, but they're going to have to still maintain a couple shots downfield because of the aggressiveness that Michigan's probably going to try to play with. So uh, I think Bama hit big plays, Michigan be great on third down, and then both teams need to be real mindful of turnovers. No, it's going to be a short uh, game, probably a game that's going to be low scoring. Uh, a short field could be a huge difference maker. Great information. Greg, have a great call, Sugar Bowl. We'll talk to you soon. Greg McElroy. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet $5. How about the NBA tonight? Get 150 instantly in bonus bets from DraftKings for new customers using the promo code VSIN, V S I N. Again, bet five bucks, 150 instantly deposited. And again, same game parlay for everybody. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Got you back here on Sharp Money. 
presented by DraftKings. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street there at the D, right in front of Bar Canada. Stop by and say hi to the boys. We just talked to Greg McElroy, who is going to be on the Final Four call of Washington and Texas. I'll tell you what, and Dustin, we can get back to you bitching about Cristobal right now. <laughs> We've got a 21-17 lead for Rutgers. I'll, I'll tell you this, and tell me what you two gleamed from the conversation with McElroy. First off, you can tell he's a better, which we love to hear here on VEASAN. Uh, he is dialed in with his research. My gosh, he's ready to go. Uh, the, uh, from the Texas-Washington matchup, he sounds like he's big time on Washington. He feels like, again, the market doesn't make sense with this number Texas lane four. It, it, it sounded to me like he was a little bewildered by the number, and I would agree. I would have that number more of a pick 'em. Texas and Washington. I don't know how you could give points to either side here. Texas probably more talented, specifically on defense. But other than that, Washington has just proven all they do is keep winning. That was my read from him on that matchup of all. Yeah, I don't know um, if I necessarily agree with that. I thought he was looking at the line thinking it was going to be six or seven when it came out in favor of Texas. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean he thought Texas was going to be the better team. The one thing that I want, I should have asked him was, Brooks being out for Texas, the running back who had over 1,000 yards, how does it impact this Texas offense? And you mentioned Washington, Patrick. To me, when you look at it from an offensive standpoint, and I get what uh, Jaden Daniels did down at LSU, but quarterback, top two receivers running back, I don't know if there was a better quartet in college football than Michael Penix, Dylan Johnson, Roma Dunze, and uh, – Jalen Polk in terms of what they were able to do or was it McMillan? I forgot who it was. This year. Was it Polk with a thousand yards? Yeah, uh, yeah I think McMillan was, was out. out. Yeah, McMillan was out. Okay. So, you know, when you look at that, I think it's going to be a challenge for Texas to slow them down. Patrick, one of the other things where I think it's not going to be that weather's that much of a factor at the Rose Bowl, but the fact that Washington gets to play in a dome in, in New Orleans, I think it's a huge advantage. I, I think Panics will throw two or three balls that could be picked off. But other than that, I'm telling you right now, prop bet-wise, find Roma Dunze's yardage total and go over if you can get anything below 100. I think Roma's going to have a monster game. Totally agree with the advantage Washington being in the dome. And then, Dustin, feel free if you'd like to. What'd you glean from McElroy's take on the first matchup on January 1st, the first day of 2024, Michigan Lane, a point and a half, two against Alabama. Uh, the biggest thing I can take away is that he's definitely used up all of his bonus bets for the season. <laughs> There's no doubt he left anything <laughs> ready to go. Uh, I, I loved it. I love it. You don't hear former players like get into the bang betting angle to qu quite that deep. That was awesome. Um, Alabama, Michigan, it's so weird. It feels like Alabama's becoming too trendy, guys. I I have 40 to 1 in Alabama. I obviously would like for them to advance. But don't you get the vibe that everyone is just writing Michigan off and that's everything Michigan wants to get more pumped up? They've done it all season long. From Jim Harbaugh's suspension, coming out and honoring him like he died before the first game, <laughs> putting up fours in the first quarter. Like, the, everything about this season with Michigan has been them versus the world, and I have a weird feeling that they are probably being more disrespected than anyone in the playoff. And that, that's a playoff including two teams nobody's talking about in Washington and Texas. I will say the only thing that Harbaugh is answering questions about right now is the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL. I mean, that is 
that has completely overtaken not, not necessarily the conversation about the game on New Year's Day, but that's a big-time storyline, yeah. and that so, is an angle here. Him, The dalliance with the NFL is certainly on the table here for Michigan. Well, let's hear from Jim Harbaugh because when he was meeting with the media Tuesday, previewing the Rose Bowl at his press conference, he was asked to talk about the NFL rumors. Such a one-track mind. That's our. Uh, that's the way we're going about things. It's um, literally whatever day we're in, looking to get the most out of it, dominate the day. Then we're going to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and see if we can't dominate that day. Um, it's a single-minded group. And, uh, it's very focused on just taking care of business today and see if we can't do the same tomorrow. He's wild. That's not a no. <laughs> Certainly couldn't well, have been a harder non-answer to the question about the NFL, no? We were very close to having a second clip where then he's asked, you know, you have a history with the Chargers. You ended your career in San Diego and your ties there and that job's open. What about that? And he basically gave the same word for word answer. You know, one week mindset. We're focused on what's in front. Like all that where he he's definitely. He knows what he has a canned response ready to go, but he acts like he's like staring into the distance and not totally paying attention to the conversation. Patrick, when you were back home, what is the sense? Forget about the hype around Michigan and the Detroit Lions, but in terms of Harbaugh, whether he would be staying or going. And before you answer that, Michigan loses 40 graduates or seniors and transfers in terms that they'll be moving on based on the program currently the way it's assembled. So there would be a challenge coming back in 2024 from a roster standpoint. I think if we were to put a percentage yeah. on what those in the state of Michigan think Harbaugh would do, 70% believe he's going to the NFL. 30% thinks he's staying at Michigan. Like, I, I like that it's number. A pretty hard, it's a pretty big favorite he leaves after this, really? regardless of what happens in the semis. Well, Michigan doesn't have the NIL, and recruiting is a nightmare, right? You get a guy and all of a sudden one second he doesn't play and they're like, think about this. And I'll give you a quick story. Quinn Ewer's parents went to Ryan Day and said, we want to know we're going to be the starter in year or two. If not, we're transferring. Uh, hello, you've got the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year playing in front of you, the number two pick in C.J. Stroud. I mean, it, this has got to be a challenge. You go to the NFL, you, t you get Justin Herbert, you redevelop that team. You still have Khalil Mack and uh, Nick, uh, excuse me, Joey Bosa. So it's kind of interesting from that standpoint uh, what they'll be able to do. But I, I'm with you. It has been surprising to me that he hasn't been like adamant. Hey, I am not going to be leaving for the NFL. He has not said that at all. Usually you get that deniability from a coach. And then, by the way, 10 minutes later, you see the uh, Mayflower moving vans coming out the back door. Yeah, no, I, I would say I would say favored to leave and I'd put it 70-30 that he leaves and goes to the NFL. That's that's where I'm at. He's 60 and that's years the vibe old. in Michigan. That's why. And by the way, there is there's always something with Harbaugh and while since COVID and this run that they've been on, Michigan fans are certainly uh respectful and thankful and have gratitude towards what Harbaugh has done and certainly another appearance in the final four is a huge bonus. But I can tell you, talking to Michigan fans, and I talked to plenty of them, I don't know if they're going to cry to see Jim Harbaugh leave. Really? That's why do you say, why do no, you no. say that? I just – I don't think uh, – it's hard to explain. He has put that fan base and that university – 
since he got there through such an emotional roller coaster. Remember the way he acted when he's climbing in the tree forts and then everything completely settled down. And then he had to take a pay cut during COVID because they were going to force him out. And then now he's gone on this roll. It just the always something angle to Harbaugh. Honestly, I feel like the alumni is ready for that drama to be over. Also, but I also feel like that's why an NFL team like shouldn't be so sure to bring him in. Like, I, I don't know why we're so sure he's going to go right back to the NFL and win. To, to your point about there's always something, there was always something with him in San Francisco right up until the very end. That's why he had to bounce. Yeah, but he came within about nine yards of winning a Super Bowl. I yeah, mean, but he's also very annoying. He's going to come within one game of winning a national championship. But he's very annoying. I, he wins football games. Mi Michigan's going to regret being happy if he leaves. I, I can tell you that. Being happy that he's gone, he's brought you back to relevance. Do we not remember Tate Forcier? Do we not remember what we've had to watch with this program? If you go look, Michigan, for all of its history, for how it's one of the, the beacons of college football, one of the blue bloods of college football, they don't put that many guys in the NFL until Jim Harbaugh got there. Well, Look no. around the league. There's not a lot of Michigan Wolverines in the NFL. He's made you relevant again, and you're the most delusional fan base this side of Texas A&M. You can't you do better. Harbaugh to, are you Is Harbaugh on your list? That was the biggest defense of Jim Harbaugh I've no. ever heard. No, I just think Michigan thinking it's going to be better on the other side is wild. The reason why you put up with someone who's this annoying and this obnoxious is because they get you results. The results matter. It's totally worth it. You, you'll you find someone else who's, who will rub you nicer, be, be a little bit more comfortable, be, be easier on the press conference, make you giggle and laugh, but he won't want to win as bad as Jim Harbaugh wants to win for Michigan. I, I think if he leaves, though, Patrick, he's going to leave them in a potentially bad spot. And one other thing I will add, Harbaugh has lost his last six bowl games. Nick Saban in his last 11 playoff and college football bowl games is eight and three, all three losses in the natty. Vociferous defending of Harbaugh from the big guy. He's gone, less drama in the NFL and he wins. We come back, Brennan White, trading room floor, DraftKings. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 